Glory to Jesus. We're going to get into the Word of God. Put up the first scripture, if you don't mind. Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. Glory to Jesus. Matthew 4, verse 17. Once you're there, please say amen. I want you to look up at the screen. I'm going to do a lot of scriptures today, and I'm going to uh, uh, go relatively fast. Uh, are, you are we taping this, Pastor? Okay, good. Turn to your neighbor and say, Neighbor, you cannot write as fast as he can talk. So you, be <laughs> you, you, you won't be able to write as fast as I can talk. So I encourage you to actually go get the series. Amen? Uh, or we've got it out on the table if you enjoy the teaching. All right. The first scripture we're going to go to, uh, which, of course, is Matthew uh, 4.17. Once you've found it, say amen. Because I want to make sure that you don't believe one word. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, don't believe one word he says if you cannot find it in your Bible. The days of following men are over. Now we're just following Jesus. And if it's in the word of God, then you better believe it. Otherwise, I'm going to have to have an altar call to get you saved again. Amen. So what does Jesus, he's 30 years old now, all right? He's just been filled with the Holy Spirit. And so what does he do? The Bible says from that time, Jesus began. Everybody shout, he began. He began. What did he begin to preach? The first word he said was repent. Everybody shout, repent. repent. Repent comes from two words, re and pent. Every time you see the word re, it means again. So every time you see R-E in front of a word, it means again. Revival means vive, come alive. Revival means come alive Again, uh-huh. It's time to receive the Holy Spirit. Receive means to accept. Receive means to accept what? Again, uh-huh. He redeemed us from the curse of the law. Deem means to bring back. Redeem means to bring back what? Again. Repent comes from two words. Re means again. Pent comes from the old English word penthouse, which means on the top. It's time for the church to be on the top. Oh, come on. Talk to me. It is the Greek word metaneo, and it actually means change your mind, change your thought process, or think differently. So the first words of Jesus, as he's starting his ministry, he says, everybody think differently. He doesn't say, repent, you're a sinner going to hell. That's not what the Bible says. Uh-uh. Read the word of God. Stay with the word. Repent. Why? For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. My brother, let me come. If I came to you, my brother, and I said, think differently, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. If you don't know what the kingdom of heaven is, how can you think differently? You can't. So the first thing you got to know is what is the kingdom of heaven? The word kingdom comes from two words, kingdom, king and domain. Heaven is a domain with a king. Are you getting a hold of this? Heaven is what? A domain with a what? King. So you've got to understand the kingdom of heaven is different than America. America is a republic. America is a democracy. You get to vote every four years. In the kingdom of heaven, you don't vote. Jesus the king, whether you vote for him or not, he's still the king. You've left the kingdom of darkness. You've entered the kingdom of his dear son. You've left the kingdom of democracy or republic. And you've entered a theocracy. 
What does that mean? That means it's run by a king whether you vote for him or not. And if you don't understand how a theocracy is run, you'll still be doing the things back in a democracy, wonder why you're not getting the blessings of a theocracy. And that's where 90 plus percent of Christians are today. They've left the kingdom of darkness, but they're still operating in those same principles because they don't understand they are now in another kingdom. Amen? He said, the kingdom of heaven is arrived. Kingdom. That's when the, what was he saying? The kingdom of heaven. The principles of heaven are now here. The kingdom principles are here. So I'm going to teach you the governing principles of heaven. One translation puts it this way. He says, think differently, for the government of God begins now. Think differently. Why? For the government of God begins now. See, this is the first words of Jesus, and you know what? We don't take time to study them, because I'm going I'm to make some heavy statements, Pastor, all right? You guys ready? I'm going to make some heavy statements. Jesus is not the answer. He brought the answer. Jesus is not the destination. He is the way, the truth, the light to the destination. What is the destination? Kingdom. You got to leave the kingdom of darkness. When you were in the old kingdom before you got saved, you better have three jobs. You know why? You are your provider. But the moment you enter the kingdom of his dear son, he provides all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. In the old kingdom, you better live right next to Walgreens. Why? You are your healer. But when you enter the new kingdom, he's carried your sicknesses, carried your diseases, and by his stripes, you have been healed. In the old kingdom, you better have seven locks on your door. You are your protector. But the moment you enter the new kingdom, he's given charge to his angels to protect you, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Hallelujah. Amen. Everybody shout, think differently. Amen. If you ain't thinking differently, then guess what? You're still thinking the old way in a new kingdom. And that's why it ain't working. Are you getting a hold of this? You've left the kingdom of darkness. You've entered the kingdom of his dear son. Amen? So we've got to think differently now. My brothers and sisters, uh, uh, I travel all over the world, and I see Christians all the time, and I say, uh, Sister, how are you doing? Brother, how are you doing? And they go, well, under the circumstances, I guess I'm doing okay. What are you doing under there? You're more than a conqueror. You're an overcomer. By Christ Jesus, you triumph. You shouldn't be under no circumstance. The circumstance should be under you. Jesus is not called the king of the uh, church. He's not even called the king of the Christians. The Bible calls him the king of, the prince of, the, uh, uh, he's the lord of. If he's the king of kings, there ought to be a couple of kings in here somewhere. Hello, somebody. Are you telling me I'm supposed to be ruling and reigning as a king? No, I would never tell you that. Put up there Romans 5.17. Everybody say, stay with the word. Stay with the word of God. If you're going to be called a believer, then start believing. Uh-huh. For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one, much more surely will those who receive God's overflowing grace and the free gift of righteousness. Everybody shout, that's me. That's me. Free gift of righteousness, putting them into right standing. What shall we do? Reign as kings in life. The Bible says you ought to reign as a king in life. Amen.
But we're not reigning as kings. We're sick. We're broke. We're struggling. What's the problem? I said, Lord, why are we not reigning as kings in life? He said, go back to the book of beginnings. I'm going to show you what went wrong. So come with me to the book of beginnings, Genesis 126. Genesis 126. What went wrong? Mm. Genesis 126. God said, let us, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, make mankind in our image and in our likeness and let them have complete authority over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over the beasts, over all the earth and over everything that creeps on the earth. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor. you got authority over the creeps. Come on. <laughs> brother, will you come give me a hand? Will you come give me a hand, brother? All right. You just stand right there. For this example, I'm going to make you God. Can you be a good God? If you're a bad God, we fire you, all right? Because we only got a good God. All right. You stand right in front of him. For this example, you're going to be man, all right? So God makes man, what? In his image, in his likeness. Now, my question is, what did he make man out of? Hmm. Mud, huh? Everybody shout dirt. dirt. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor. you're a piece of dirt. <laughs> now, 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 don't forget now that once he made man out of dirt, he looked at him and said, hmm, this is good. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a piece of good dirt. Not just any old dirt. You're a piece of good dirt. But he was just a bag of dirt. Anybody called you a bag of dirt today, brother? Not today. Not today. All right. And then God breathed into him the spirit of life. That's called the Hebrew word mina. And man came alive, right? And God took man, once he came alive, and he put him in a garden. What was the name of that garden? The word Eden is the Hebrew Chaldean word that means a spot of God's presence. You cannot have authority, dominion, rulership without the presence of God. You've got to get born again and spirit filled but i know a lot of christians that are born again spirit filled tongue talking and they're still struggling they're not ruling and reigning so i said lord what's missing what's wrong now why are we not ruling and reigning over every sickness every circumstance what's holding us back and i'll never forget what the lord said he said salvation was the first part the infilling of the holy spirit was the second part but then there was a third I never realized there was a third. Didn't know for years. But there's a third. Come with me to Romans 8.14. Romans 8.14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God, they will be called the? All who are led. Not the ones who are born again. You could be born again. God never called you a son. You could be spirit-filled. God never called you a son or a daughter. You could be tongue-talking, and God never call you a son or a daughter. The qualifications for sonship or daughtership is, are you led? And the word led is the Greek word ago. Everybody say ago. And the word ago in the Greek literally means this, an animal with a rope around his neck pulled by a string. You see, this brother got to go where I go. <laughs> He got to stop where I tell him. He can't do his thing anymore. The second meaning of the word argo is controlled by. Now he's totally, completely controlled by me. The third meaning of the word argo is driven. Now he's being driven by me. You see, the day you gave your life to Christ, you should have got out of control. 
We're still going where we want to go. We're still saying what we want to say. We're still doing what we want to do. No, the, the Holy Spirit didn't come to live in you with a pillow. He's not looking for somewhere to sleep. He want to walk through you, talk through you, minister through you. It is pointless to be filled with the Holy Spirit and say what you want to say. It is pointless to be filled with the Holy Spirit and go where you want to go. It is pointless to be filled with the Holy Spirit and do what you want to do. That was the whole point of God coming to live in you so that he could walk through you, talk through you, minister through you, change your world through you. And so many Christians are spirit-filled, but not spirit-led. The filling is a waste of time without the leading. Are you getting a hold of this? I got good news and bad news. Here's the good news. You're the body of Christ. Everybody say, good news. Here's the bad news. He doesn't have a spare in the closet. You're it. And if he can't speak through you, walk through you, talk through you, then you being in the body of Christ was a total waste of time. That's where the majority of Christians are today. They're tongue-talking, but they're not spirit-led. When you are spirit-led, one preacher put it this way. He says, uh, I never pray for more than 15 minutes, but I don't let 15 minutes go by. I don't talk to my dad. Constant communication. God, what should I be saying? Where should I be going? What should I be doing? Now, the Holy Spirit is in control, not you. Amen. God is a spirit, and he needs a physical body to operate on the earth because we're in a physical earth. You are that body. Amen. That's why it's so important to not only be filled with the Holy Spirit, but be led. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they will be called the what? Sons of God. The word son is the Greek word eos in the Greek. It literally means mature sonship. If I'm not a son of God, then what am I? Uh, Romans 4.16, two verses down, says this. The Spirit himself, Romans, for the Spirit himself testifies together with our own spirit that we are the children of God. The word children is not the word eos as the word son. It is the word technon. It means little baby, little toddler. You could be a Christian 47 years and God still call you a little technon, a little baby. It's not the number of years you've been saved that is maturity in Christ. It's are you spirit led? Are you getting a hold of this? We got people been living Christians 50 years. They're still not sons and daughters. They're still doing their own thing. That's how you rule and reign. You got, can't just be spirit-filled. You've got to be spirit-led. Are you getting a hold of this? As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they'll be called the sons of God. Come a little closer, brother. Put your hand on his shoulder. There you go. So you've got to be spirit-led. That's number one. Now, come back with me to Genesis 128. Genesis 128. Hmm. Genesis 128. And God blessed them. Everybody say, God blessed them. Is there a bottle of water over there? God bless them. Everybody say, God bless them. How many of you want God to bless you? All right. Oh, wait, 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 wait a minute. Don't be so fast to put your hand up. It's the word bracha. Bracha in the Hebrew. And it might mean a kick in the pants. So you may not want it. So let's find out what the word bracha means. God bless them. It means he gave them a power. He gave them an empowerment. 
That's what the word blessed means. What was that power that he gave them? He gave them something that was a power, something that he didn't have before. Uh, what's, your, what's your name, brother? Tau. Huh? Tau. Tau. Everybody say, good morning, Tau. Now, now, take a good look at him. This is Tau. Now, watch, watch, watch. Watch him carefully now. You're blessed. Now, look at him. You see all the changes? Ain't no change. See, if you don't know what blessed means, how do you know you are? Just because you speak it? No. It means he... Say, now look at Tau. You see a change in him now? See, see, blessed means you have something you didn't have before. And I'm not talking about cars. I'm not talking about money. I'm not talking about houses. I'm talking about a power that you didn't have before. Are you getting a hold of this? What was the power that he didn't have before? Well, how did God create the entire universe? The Bible says he spoke it and it was. So the power that he gave him was called the power of words. It was called the voice activated system. Are you getting a hold of this? Now, let me give you a little example. Uh, uh, I've got a cell phone. I was with the pastors last night. I got a cell phone, and I don't like typing on my cell phone because I make those mistakes, you know, all the wrong letters. So the new cell phones, you don't have to do that. All you've got to do is speak, and it sends a text message. Speak, and it sends an email. I said, thank you, Lord, for my voice-activated phone. And the Lord said, finally, the world is catching up to what I've been doing from the beginning of time. This is a voice-activated universe. This is a voice-activated world. Amen? And the power he gave him was that his words would control his world. Can I say that one more time? The power he gave him was that his words would control his world. Did you know the power of life and death is not with God? Did you know the power of life and death is not even with the devil? You know where the power of life and death is? In your tongue. That's the power that he gave him. Are you getting a hold of this? And he blessed them. He gave him that power. Why did he give him that power? Because it says here, and said to them, be fruitful. Everybody say fruitful. The word fruitful is the Hebrew word to means start creating. Use the power I've given you to create. Just like I use the power, says the Lord, to create the universe. Now, you can now use the same power to create that God used to create. Use the power to create. Start creating. Okay? Uh, you, you are the creator now of what's going to happen on this earth. Oh, no, let me explain this. You're not going to get this. All right. Go back to Genesis 126. 126. God said, let us, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, uh-huh, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, and let them have complete authority. How much authority? How much? All of it, right? All right, I got the bottle, all right? I give the bottle to my brother. Everybody shout, he got it. Who got the bottle? Who got the bottle? Who got the bottle? Who does not have the bottle? See, when you give someone complete authority, you didn't keep any for yourself. Now, you're not getting this. We're praying every Sunday for God to do something in our lives that he doesn't have the authority for. Bless me, Lord. Heal me, Lord. Heal me, Lord. And God's going, I gave you the authority. I, and when I said complete, I actually meant complete. 
It's not God's words that will manifest in your life. It's your words that will manifest in your life. How you doing, brother? How you doing? I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Monday. Oh, ain't nothing ever working for me. <laughs> well, you just got nothing because you declared it. Amen. Always get cold when the weather changes. Enjoy your cold. You just declared it. You just framed your world with your words. Are you getting a hold of this? We asking God to do something that he doesn't have authority to do. Are you getting a hold of this? Gave him complete authority. All right, let's go back to Genesis 128. Hmm. Genesis 128. And God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful. That power I've given you, start creating with it. You have authority on planet Earth. Nothing happens on planet Earth that you don't speak about. What authority? Authority to speak things into being. Authority to change things. Two weeks ago, uh, 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 Wendy, Pastor Wendy, called my office, talked to my uh, secretary, Raj, about how that, that hurricane was coming on the East Coast. And we're not sure what was going to happen. I happened to be walking by Raj's office at that moment. And I said, is that Pastor Wendy on the phone? Yeah. Is she concerned about the hurricane? Why is she talking a bit about I said, okay, tell her that I have prayed. I have prayed. See, when Jesus didn't like the weather, what did he do? change it. I have prayed that thing is not going to uh, destroy any land. It's not going to come on this land. It's not going to destroy anything. It's going to dissipate and it's going to go stay out there in the Atlantic Ocean and all we're going to do is get a little bit of rain. Am I right? And, and Raj, my secretary said, oh, Dr. Siki said he's already prayed. Everything's going to be fine. You guess what? Everything was fine. Come on. Are you getting a hold of this? Why? I happen to know my authority. Are you getting a hold of this? Bless them. Be creative. Start creating. That's what the word fruitful means. doesn't mean have babies. It means start creating. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> How do you create? Oh, that's easy. Uh-huh. Uh, you know that all of us at one point were going to hell in the grave, and we changed our future. How do we do that? We heard the word, conceived the word, believed the word, spoke the word. What was the word? Jesus is Lord. What happened when we said Jesus is Lord? We're not going to hell and the grave. We're going to eternal life. We did that. How? We heard the word. Everybody say heard the word. Conceived the word. Believed the word. Spoke the word. Received the word. That's how you get healed. How do you create your healing? You got to hear the word, conceive the word, believe the word, and speak the word. How do you get financial blessings? Oh, that's easy. You got to what? Hear the word, conceive the word, believe the word, and speak the word. Amen? Amen. You can't be saying, I'm always broke. Well, then enjoy your brokenness, because <laughs> you will always be broke, because that's all you're declaring. Amen? Start creating. Change your future with your words. Amen? So be fruitful. Then he says, multiply. Everybody say, multiply. Multiply, multiply means simply this, have babies. Why? To be legal on the earth, you have to have an earth suit. If you and I went to the moon right now, we would die. Why? Because we don't have no moon suit. But if we had a moon suit, we could walk on the moon, we could run on the moon, we could jump on the moon, we could operate on the moon. You can't be legal on the moon without a moon suit. You can't be legal on the earth without an earth suit. That's why the demons are trying to find earth suits. Do you remember the demon-possessed man of Gadara? Uh-huh. Jesus cast the demon out. 
the first thing the demon said, at least put us in the swine, put us in the pigs, because without an earth suit, we can't operate on the earth. Are you getting a hold of this? So don't you ever be afraid of a demon for the rest of your life. You're legal. You got an earth suit. They're illegal. They're still trying to find some pigs. Come on, talk to me, somebody. Don't be afraid of demons for the rest of your life. Amen? That's why, you know, even the God is a spirit, and the Bible says God needs an earth suit to manifest on the earth. In the Old Testament, Jesus would come as an angel of light, and he would leave. He couldn't live on the earth because he never had an earth Oh, are you getting a hold of this? Amen. So be fruitful, multiply. What was he saying? Give me more earth suits. See, your children are God's children. Your grandchildren are God's children. Give me more temples of the Holy Spirit. People for me to live in. Amen. Now, I said, be fruitful, multiply, uh-huh, and fill. The word fill is the word replenish. Replenish. What does the word re mean? Again. So what's he saying? Fill the earth again. So there must have been life on planet earth before he was created. Mm, that was called the pre-Adamic age. We're going to talk a little bit about the pre-Adamic age. But he said not only fill it again, he said and subdue. What does subdue mean? Exercise your authority. Now, God would never ask you to subdue something unless there was something in the garden that you needed to subdue. Mm. Who was in the garden at that time? Somebody was in the garden at that time. So let's study this out. Let's go to Genesis 1.1. Genesis 1.1. Let's find out who was in the garden. In the beginning, God created heaven and earth. How did he create it? Everybody shout, he spoke it. Just like he spoke everything else in chapter 1 and chapter 2. He spoke it. It was. In the beginning, God created heaven and earth. You know, the scientists say that it is billions of years old. I don't know how old earth is. I have no idea. But the scientists say that it was started with a big bang. Mm. They are absolutely right. It was started with a big bang. They just haven't figured out who spoke the big bang. We know who it was. It was God. Amen. Scientists say that the Big Bang Theory is that sound created matter. That's what the Big Bang Theory is. Sound created matter. They just don't know where the sound came from. God spoke it and 400 billion galaxies showed up. Are you seeing how this is? God created heaven and earth. And the scientists say that they were dinosaurs. Well, the, the oldest uh, uh, book in the Bible is not the book of Genesis. It's the book of Job. And the book of Job talks about dinosaurs. Hmm. So all the scientists are doing is proving that the Bible was true all the time. The scientists say that there was an ice age that destroyed all the dinosaurs. Well, let me show you that. In the beginning, God created heaven and earth. Uh -huh. Verse 2. And the earth was without form and an empty waste. Now, let's stop right there. The word was. Everybody say was. Say it again. It was translated incorrectly. It's the Hebrew word that says became. Everybody shout became. became. Now read it. The earth became without form. How do you know it became without form? Have you ever seen anything God created without form? You ever seen a butterfly, a bird, a flower, a tree? Anything that didn't have form? Everything that God creates has form. 
So something happened between Genesis 1-1 and 1-2 that made the earth without form. Because when God created the earth, it did have form. But something occurred to make it without form. And I'll talk a little bit about that. And darkness was on the face of the great deep. The Spirit of God hovered over the face of the waters. So what happened to the earth? Let's talk about the pre-Adamic age. Before he was created, there was a different hierarchy. What was the hierarchy before Adam was created? Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Everybody say, God is a spirit. Below that were archangels. You might have heard of them. Michael, Gabriel, Lucifer. Everybody say spirit. Below the archangels were angels. Everybody say spirit, because angels are spirit beings. Below that, there was some animal life on the earth. The, the, the scientists called them dinosaurs. Amen? The book of Job talks about it. That was the hierarchy at that time. All right? So what happened is one of those archangels, by the name of Lucifer, Lucifer was, was in charge of music. Mm -hmm. And Lucifer decided he wanted to be like God. And he took some of the angels in a rebellion against God. Now, you know, everybody shout, dumb devil. Dumb devil. How are you going to defeat the one that created you? That ain't going to happen. Amen. So what happened is in the book of Isaiah, it says the devil fell to the earth like lightning. Now, back then in the pre-Adamic age, there was light on the earth. It wasn't the sun and the moon. They hadn't been created for another 14 verses. They hadn't been created for another four days. So what was the light on the earth? Everybody say, God is light. Mm. So God was the light on the earth. Lucifer fell to the earth with the fallen angels. When they fell to the earth, God turned away from the earth. Now the earth was full of darkness. It was full of light, but now it's turned into darkness because God turned away from the earth. And what happened when it was full of darkness? Everything on the earth froze over. <laughs> That's called the ice age. That's why it says the earth became without form, an empty waste. Darkness was on the face of the very great deep. The Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Everybody say, water, water. is ice. Now you see exactly what that ice is all about. So everything on the earth got destroyed because of the ice age. God says, I want my planet back. So in the next verse, verse 3, he looks back, he turns back to the planet, and he said, let there be light. Now back up to verse 2. I, I want to show you something. Did you notice that the Holy Spirit of God was hovering over the waters? Everybody say, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit was over the waters, over the water. but, did but did not do anything, anything. till the, the Word was spoken. The Bible says you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that he's in you and with you. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is hovering over you. But is inactive in you or around you. Because you're not speaking the word. How many years are you going to have the Holy Spirit hover over you? And still be sick and broken. Because you're speaking everything but the word the Holy Spirit doesn't he, he only listens to one thing the word of God ain't nothing working for me the Holy Spirit's going can't do a thing because they keep telling me nothing's working for him are you getting a hold of this don't let the Holy Spirit hover over you for the rest of your life and be sick and broke because you're not 
giving him the things he needs to change your world. Amen? So God speaks what? Let there be light. And there was light. Now we're coming to what's called the post-Adamic age. God is about to make man. So before he makes man, he prepares the earth. Mm, oh, this is so good. He prepares the earth. How does he prepare the earth for man? He speaks to the earth in Genesis 1.11. Before Adam was created, everything God needed to create, he did it through the word. He spoke it, it was. He spoke it, it was. He spoke it, it was. All that is about to change. Everybody say, it's about to change. About to change. Number one, man has to speak it now. Are you getting a hold of this? Number two, the earth is now going to be responsible. In, before Adam was created, God said, tree be. And there was a full tree with all its fruit, fully grown in an instant. But that's all about to change. Look at what it says now. And God speaks to the earth now. And what does he say to the earth? Earth, you bring the vegetation. You bring the plants yielding seed, fruit trees yielding fruit. So now the earth has been commanded to bring all the vegetation now. The harvest is no longer God speaking the word. The harvest is the earth bringing it. Don't, don't miss this. Because this is one of the reasons why so many Christians are broke right now. Because they still think God is bringing the harvest. He's not bringing the harvest. The earth is bringing the harvest. The earth has been commanded. The earth is under obligation. The earth has to obey. In other words, I don't care if you're Hindu, Buddhist, Muslim, if you put a seed in the ground, you're going to get a harvest. You're going to get a harvest. You don't have to be a Christian to get it. You're going to get a harvest. And conversely, if you don't put the seed in the ground, you're not going to get a harvest. Are you getting a hold of this? That's the only time the earth is not obligated to give you nothing. If you don't put seed in the ground. So where does my harvest come from? The earth. Not God. You're going to find out that God isn't in the car business. He don't have no car. He in the seed business. And when seed hits the ground, the ground has to give you the harvest. Amen. Everybody say, no seed, no, seed. no harvest. This may sound funny to you, but I went to rural communities where there's a bunch of farmers in the church, and I said to the farmers, no seed, no harvest. They all jumped up and said, are you crazy? We all know that. Every farmer knows that. I said, come with me to all the, the churches in the cities. I'll introduce you to all the Christians that are believing God for a car, a house, and everything else that they've never planted seed for. He said, can Christians be that crazy? Believing for harvest that they didn't plant the right seed for. I said, I see it every week. Bless me, Lord. Bless me, bless me, bless me, Lord. Have you planted a seed for that? No, no, just bless me. <laughs> Come on. Come on now. How long has that been working for you? 2,000 years, we're still sick and broke. Don't you neighbor and say, that ain't working. If you're going to enter another kingdom, do it the kingdom way. Can I hear an Amen. Even God, watch this, even God could not violate his word. You know how God created the Garden of Eden? He didn't speak it. 
Let me show you how God created the Garden of Eden. Uh, Genesis 2.8. This is how God created the Garden of Eden. Genesis 2.8. In Genesis 2.8 and Genesis 2.8. 1.28 is good, but we're going to Genesis 2.8. Genesis chapter 2, verse 8. I want you to see this as they put it up on the screen. There is a Genesis chapter 2, verse 8. I've seen it in my Bible. There it is. And God blessed... No, no, come on. Let's put Genesis 2.8 up there. Uh, maybe the computer's giving us a hard time. All right. Can you find it in your Bible? Genesis 2.8. Yeah, Genesis 2.8. Here we go. And the Lord God planted mm -hmm, a garden towards the east of Eden, and there he put man. All right. Genesis 2.8 isn't coming up. Everybody say, the Lord God, the Lord God planted. planted. Everybody say, God, God is a sower. If God couldn't get a garden without planting seed, how are you going to get your harvest without planting seed? Are you seeing this, my brothers and sisters? Even God had to, I said, Lord, where did you get the seed from? He said, well, I want one place to look like another place. I get the seed from the first place and put it in the second place. Eden was a piece of heaven on earth. He got a seed from heaven and put it in the garden. Are you getting a hold of this? And that's how the garden came. Genesis 2.8, Genesis uh -huh, 2.9, and the Lord God planted, and verse 9, and out of the ground, the Lord God made to grow. Genesis 2.9, uh, 2.7 is good, but we're going to 2.9. Genesis 2.9, and out of the ground, the Lord God made it grow. Everybody say, God planted, God made it grow. God planted, God made it grow. God planted, God made it grow. You know what we do on Sunday? We come to church. You know what we do on Sunday? We plant seed. Next Sunday, you know what we do? We come to church. You know what we do? We plant seed. Next Sunday, we come to church. You know what we do? Plant seed. But God didn't do that. He planted and made it. That's why we're not seeing the harvest. Because all we're doing is planting seed. We're never learning how to make it grow. In the night sessions, I'm going to help you to learn how to make every seed you have ever planted to grow. How many of you like to get the harvest of every seed you've ever planted? Then learn not just to plant, but learn to make it grow. Are you getting a hold of this? And what does God say in Genesis 1.29? Go to Genesis 1.29. Genesis 1.29. He has given you every plant yielding seed. Let me break this thing down. Uh, can I borrow this? this? Can I borrow your Bible? Thank you. First thing he did, first thing he did, he got filled with the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost to guide him. Second thing, he gave him the word to start creating with. Okay? The third thing, what I do with that bottle of water? Here it is. The third thing he did, he gave man seed. See, I've given you every plant yielding seed. Because without seed, say this without, say this after me, without seed, God couldn't create the garden. And without seed, I can't create my harvest. Are you getting a hold of this? You're not going to create your harvest. So he had to give him seed. So God said, see, I've given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the land. There's a kind of an echo on my voice. Can you fix that? 
Or we plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the land, and every tree with seed you will have them for food. So he said, son, here is the seed. Right? Now listen to this, it's so important. He said, plant the seed, eat the fruit. Everybody say, plant the seed, eat the fruit. Everybody say, plant the seed, eat the fruit. One more time, plant the seed, eat the fruit. Too many Christians eat the seed and get mad at God because there's no food. How are you going to be food? You ate the seed. Are you getting a hold of it? You ate the seed. I think the last thing you ate the seed. Don't eat the seed and wonder why there's no food. You know? So now he's got the he's got the Holy Ghost to guide him. I think that echo back again. He's got the word of God to start creating with, and he's got seed. He's now equipped to take the God all over. Now, with the seed of the ground, he's got his financial Everybody say, plant the seed, eat the fruit. Now, this is the only time that God looked at man and said, this is very good. He's now equipped to take the garden all over the earth. Amen. Now, let me tell you and try and summarize this. What did he do? He messed up. Everybody say, he messed up. God gave him a planet, gave him every tree, every animal, gave him everything he needed, and then put one tree in the middle of the garden and said, don't eat of this tree. I said, Lord, why'd you do that? He said, you can't have freedom of choice if there is no choice. He didn't create a robot. He gave him freedom. So he puts one tree in the garden and says, don't eat of this tree. It's the tree of blessings and curses, good and evil. If you eat of it, you'll surely die. So what happened? The snake comes along, which was Lucifer, and even Lucifer had to get to into the garden and to be legal on the earth. Lucifer, the devil, had to find himself an animal because without a physical body, you're illegal on the earth. And that was that snake. God says to, to uh, Eve, if, if you eat of that tree, you'll be like God. You know what the, what's the shame about the whole statement? She was already like God. She didn't know it. She had lack of. You know what the church has today? Lack of. They don't even know they're like God. They don't even know they have the same authority. They can change their world. So she and Adam, they both went to the center of the garden. They both ate of that tree. Not just her. They both ate of that tree. And the moment they ate of that tree... The clothing that was on them disappeared. What was the clothing that was on them? The Bible says he was crowned with glory. From the top of his head right down to his toes, he was full of glory. And the moment they sinned, the word sin, let me tell you what the word sin is in Hebrew. Disobedience of a divine command. That's what the word sin is. Well, I'm not really sinning, I just cheat on my taxes. Disobedience of a divine command. 
There's no little sin and big sin. It's just sin. Are you getting a hold of this? Uh-huh. So the moment he disobeyed God, immediately the glory lifted. And, of course, at that point he said, whoa, I'm naked. So when God came into the garden, he said, Adam, Adam, where are you? And Adam said, I'm, I went into hiding. Why? Because I was naked. You know what God's thinking. Son, you've been naked for 300 years. It wasn't a problem yesterday. Why was it a problem today? Amen. Because the glory had lifted. Once the glory had lifted, God had no choice. Everybody say, no choice. No choice. Stay there, God. God had to take him out of the garden. Not to hurt him. You don't understand. To save him. You see, the glory on God was so powerful that if the glory had touched him, now it would have killed him. That's why in Romans it says, for all have sinned and for sure of the uh, Now you understand. He didn't take him out of the garden to hurt him. He took him out of the garden to save him. But now he's got a toil. But God created man for fellowship. God created man for worship. Now God cannot get close to man anymore. So he creates something called the Holy of Holies. A little box for God to be in. Because that's as close as he could get to man. He couldn't get any closer or he would have destroyed man. Even the high priest had to be completely cleansed to go into the Holy of Holies. Because if he didn't, he would die. Because the glory was that powerful. But God had a plan. What was that plan? Jesus. Now, why Jesus? Why Jesus? There's only one thing that can cleanse sin. And that's called blood. And in the Old Testament, they would use the blood of animals and goats. And it wasn't a cleansing. It was just a temporary covering. But for the sin to be eradicated from him, it had to be pure blood. Everybody say pure blood. blood. But there was no pure blood on planet Earth. Why? Because the blood of children always come from the Father. So from Adam down, generation after generation after generation had contaminated blood. There was no pure blood. Where was he going to find pure blood? So he found Mary, a virgin. And the Holy Spirit appeared to Mary and said that God wants to use you to birth or to make a physical body for his son. And until she said, let it be done unto me, it couldn't happen. But the moment she said those words, the Holy Spirit came and overshadowed Mary. The Bible says the Holy Spirit impregnated Mary. But with what did the Holy Spirit impregnate Mary? You remember that in the beginning was what? And the Word became flesh. So the Holy Spirit impregnated Mary with the Word. Oh, come on now. How many of you in the room are really happy that Mary did not have an abortion? So don't be voting for people that kill babies. But how many times has Pastor Wendy or Pastor Robert got up here on this pulpit and and they've preached the word and the Holy Spirit has taken that word and impregnated it into your heart. And because you did not see immediate results, you aborted. 
Don't you know that even Mary had to carry the word for nine months? So what makes you think you will not have to carry the word until the word carries you? Come on now. Are you getting a hold of this? So guess what? Jesus was born with pure blood. And then at age 30, he started his ministry. And then he would meet with the disciples and say, I'm going to establish my kingdom. And they're going, okay, Jesus, good, good. Do it now. Do it now. Establish your kingdom now. And he said, no, I got to go. They said, don't go, don't go. He said, I came to go. But you don't yet understand. You will. And then he went to the cross. And he said three words on the cross. It is finished. And then he took his blood to the mercy seat. And the father said, now the sins of all mankind is paid. If they accept what my son did on the cross. He could have stayed there. He's finished his work. But Jesus came back. Walked the earth. 40 days, 40 nights. Why did he come back? He said to the disciples, you have now become a cleansed vessel. You are no longer contaminated. But you're a car without a driver. Wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. Because then you will receive power. There's so many churches that actually teach that we've got to get saved but not filled with the Holy Ghost. They are cars without a driver. And so they waited. And on the day of Pentecost, you know what happened? Let me share with you. On the day of Pentecost, the Bible says there was 120 men plus women and children in the upper room. And the Holy Spirit was poured out on all of them. Not one left out. Not one tarrying. All of them got it. And every single one started speaking in tongues. And for three years, from age 30 to age 33, Jesus taught them the principles of the kingdom. And the same God that gave Adam seed to change his future is the same God that's going to give you seed to change your future. So now we're right back in the garden ready to take God's kingdom all over the earth. Amen? Amen? Give these guys a big hand for helping me. Thank you. All right. Did you enjoy that teaching? All right. That was not my message. That was my introduction. Are you ready to get in the message? All right. Let's go to um, Genesis, uh, Matthew 6.31. Matthew 6.31. See, I've got to set this introduction so I don't have to teach this uh, again now. You already understand kingdom now. Therefore, don't you worry being anxious, says Jesus. Uh, uh, why? Saying, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? Uh-uh. We have left the kingdom of worry, and we've entered the kingdom of no more worry. Next verse. Uh-huh. Verse 32. For the Gentiles wish for these things. What things? What you eat, what you drink, what you wear. God, the Gentiles seek these things. Uh-huh. And your Heavenly Father knows well you have need of them. So wait a minute. I shouldn't be worrying? If I'm not worrying, that gives me a whole lot of free time. I know, I know. 
What shall I do with my free time now that I'm not worrying anymore? Next verse. Uh-huh. Seek first what? The kingdom of God. What are we seeking this morning? The kingdom of God and his righteousness. The kingdom of God means God's way of doing things. Number righteousness means God's way of thinking. I should be looking, seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Uh-huh. And then all these things will be added to you. What things? Your house, your car, your job, your money, your business. Whatever you need will be added to you because you're spending time seeking him and not seeking things. Are you getting a hold of this? There's 168 hours in a week. How many? Uh, I can't hear you. How many? Hmm. Do we spend 40 hours a week seeking the kingdom? No. We spend 40 hours a week doing what? Seeking a job so we can do our own adding. We're not seeking the kingdom. Say this after me. I seek the kingdom. God adds the stuff. I seek the kingdom. God adds the stuff. What happens when I don't seek the kingdom? God don't add no stuff. 168 hours in a week. Maybe we spend two hours on a Sunday seeking the kingdom. And I'm not talking about the time that was in singing. That ain't seeking the kingdom. I'm talking about the actual teaching time. Two hours a week teaching the word, seeking the kingdom. I don't know why God ain't adding to me. Oh, I can tell you. You're not seeking the kingdom. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I said, Lord, why don't you add to Christians Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? He said, they don't seek the kingdom on those days. Then he said these words. I only add in the proportion they seek. They ain't got time for me. And they actually think that I have time for them. That is called insanity. You ain't got time for God and you think he's got time to add to you? When he made it so clear in the scripture, seek the kingdom, I'll add the stuff. I ain't got time for you, Lord. Well, I ain't got no time to add neither. Come on now. I've been in movies of two and three hours. And nobody, not one Christian left the movie to go to the bathroom. Man, in churches, it's like an open door. Everybody going to the... You could hold it in a movie, but you can't hold it when Jesus is preaching. The Holy Ghost is trying to teach you the word to change your world, and you got to get to the bathroom. Why didn't you go before you came in? Come on now. Are you you watching? You ain't got no time for God, and then you wonder why he ain't going to heal you, bless you, deliver you. My Bible says, seek first the kingdom, and all these things will be added to you. But I can't, there's no church service every night. There is uh, no reason for you not to read your Bible, or listen to the Word of God, or get some CDs, and grow in the Word. Are you getting a hold of this? You ain't got no time for Him, and you wonder why He's not adding to you? That ain't going to work. The more you seek the kingdom, the more He will add to you. You're getting a hold of this. Guess what we're doing this morning. Everybody shout, seeking the kingdom. kingdom. Guess what we're going to do tonight. Everybody shout, seek the kingdom. kingdom. Guess what we're going to do Monday night. Guess what we're going to do Tuesday night. 
And if you hang out with me and seek the kingdom all these nights, guess what? Some of you by Tuesday will have testimonies of God adding. How many of you want to have testimonies of God adding by Tuesday? Are you getting a hold of this? This is how serious this is. You don't seek, he don't add. Amen? Now, I want to give you a couple of kingdom keys. Come with me to Matthew 16, uh, uh, Matthew 16, 13. 16, 13. Because I won't have time to teach this tonight. Matthew 16. Look up at the screen. I will give you the keys of the kingdom. And whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. All right. Let's break it down. I will give, Jesus is speaking. I will give you the keys. Everybody say keys. Anybody got a bunch of keys? Who's got a bunch of keys? Give me a bunch of keys. Here we got a bunch of keys. Oh, yeah, I got a key. Everybody shout, you got the keys. I got the keys. I give the keys to my brother. Everybody shout, he got the keys. And you know what? He can have the keys, but it ain't going to help him. You know why? Because he doesn't know what house it opens. He doesn't know what car it opens. He doesn't know what bank account it opens. When you got your first Bible, you already got all the keys, but you never studied them. So you ain't got a clue how to apply those keys. And it wasn't one key. There are many keys. Mm. So he says, I'm going to give you the keys of what? The kingdom. Not the keys to the kingdom. The keys that came from the kingdom. That's why I didn't say the keys to the kingdom. It says the keys of the, oh, you're getting a hold of this. These are principles from heaven because we're going to create heaven on earth. That's what the kingdom of God is. Amen? Peace of heaven on earth. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom so that whatsoever you bind. You know, for 2,000 years, we've perfected prayer. Help me, Lord, I'm sick. Help me, Lord, I'm broke. Help me, help me, help me, Lord. And the Lord said, 2,000 years ago, I got out of the binding business. I'm not in the binding business. You are. Mm. We've been waiting for God to change our situation for 2,000 years. God's been waiting for us to change our situation. We're waiting on God. God's waiting on us. We're waiting on God. God's waiting on us. Turn to your neighbor and say, the wait is over. It's not what God binds. It's what you bind. Mm. Let's talk about this binding and loosing business. huh? Uh, whatsoever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Now, wait a minute. I didn't understand this because it didn't make any sense to me. What needs to be bound in heaven? Is there any sickness in heaven? No. Is there any poverty in heaven? No. Are there any demons in heaven? No. So nothing needs to be bound in heaven. So what does this mean? Whatever you bind on earth must be bound in heaven. What does that mean? I went to Matthew 18, 18. And I found out what it actually meant in the original Greek. I truly, I tell you, says Jesus, whatever you forbid. Everybody say forbid. Whatever you declare to be improper. Everybody say declare. Whatever you declare to be unlawful on the earth must be. Watch this. What is already forbidden in heaven. Is sickness allowed in heaven? Tell me again why you allowed in your house. Is poverty allowed in heaven? No. Tell me again why you allowed in your house. See, it's because you're a kingdom citizen. You know, when the United States of America sets up an embassy in another country, the embassy ground are considered U.S. soil. 
In other words, the moment you enter the embassy ground, you got the army, the navy, the, am I telling the truth? You got all of the forces to back you up because it's considered U.S. soil. You've left the kingdom of darkness. You've entered the kingdom of his dear son. Your house is now kingdom property. And anything that isn't allowed in heaven should never be allowed in your house. Hallelujah. You're waiting on God and God's waiting on you. It doesn't say God binds, it's whatsoever you bind. If it ain't allowed there, it should never be allowed in your house. Are you getting a hold of this? There was a, there was a, 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 a man, uh, two people on one side of the street, there was a man stealing a car on the other side of the street. And one of those guys was a policeman. And he ran over there and he said, you cannot steal this car. It is unlawful. It is improper. And I declare and decree you cannot steal this car. When the devil comes to your house to steal your health, uh, to steal your wealth, uh, to steal your kids, uh, which one are you? Are you over here going, help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Are you the policeman that says, ah, devil, you're not going to have my kids. You're not going to have my health. You're not going to have my wealth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you getting a hold of this? Are you telling the devil, if it ain't allowed in heaven, it ain't allowed in my house. Hallelujah. Come on now. Amen. You're waiting on God. God's waiting on you. How do you do this decreeing and binding? Job 22, 28. Let's find out. How do you do that? It's called calling things that be not as though they were. That's what it is. That's how you bind and loose. But if I just speak, you think it'll change anything, Brother Nasser? Well, let's read what the Bible says. You will decide and you will decree a thing. And what will happen? It shall be established for you. Are you getting a hold of this? My brothers and sisters. Uh-huh. Kings, say this after me. Kings, rule and reign. By their words. Mm. That's exactly how they rule and reign. And that's how you and I are going to rule and reign by our words. Amen. My brothers and sisters, we are. All right, let me put it this way. What, what is the speed limit on the highway here? 55. Uh, all through Virginia? 55? 65? Uh-huh. All right. That's good. What if every policeman in the entire state of Virginia went on strike? How fast would people go on the interstate? Shh! 100 miles an hour. You know why they would go so fast? Because there's nobody to enforce it. You know why the devil is doing everything he's doing to Christians? Because there's nobody to enforce it. It is pointless that Jesus went to the cross, carried your sicknesses, carried your diseases, took all poverty away from you if you won't enforce what he did on the cross. Are you getting a hold of this? You and I are supposed to enforce what he did on the cross. Otherwise, it doesn't happen. Amen? How do you do that? You must believe in your heart and decree with your mouth. Amen? Your words have the power to change your world. Amen? You bind. Come with me to Matthew 13 and look at verse 9. Oh, look at verse 10. Matthew 13, 10. Then the disciples came to him and said, Why do you speak to them in parables? Next verse. Uh-huh. Look at what Jesus said. Uh, Jesus replied to them, it's To you has been known to know what? The secrets and what? The mysteries of what? 
See, if you want the kingdom blessing, you got to learn the kingdom mysteries. You got to learn the kingdom principles. You've left the old way. You got to think differently now. In the new kingdom, if you don't take time to learn the kingdom ways, you will not see the kingdom blessings. Amen? So what happens? You, you've been given to know the secrets and the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it's not been given. What happens if I can get those kingdom mysteries? What will happen to me? Look at the next verse. For whoever has this spiritual knowledge, that's what we're getting, the knowledge of the word of God, to him will more be given and he will be furnished richly so that he will have what? Didn't Jesus say, I've come to give you life more? The abundant life did not come from prayer. The abundant life came from applying the principles of the kingdom. Are you getting a hold of this? All right, let me give you the second one. Go to Matthew 13, 3. Matthew 13, 3. Are you getting blessed this morning? All right. Matthew 13, 3. He told them many things in parables, stories by way of illustration, saying a soul went out to sow. This is probably one of the most powerful scriptures in the entire Bible. Why? A sower went out to sow. Why is a sower called a sower? Because he sows. What's the revelation in this? A sower went out to sow. Mm. My brother says, if you could get this revelation, it would change your life. Because you cannot go to scriptures that are written specifically to sowers if you haven't been accused of being one lately. Mm. This revelation revolutionized the church in the book of Acts. They got together and they got the revelation from God through Peter that a sower sowed. And everybody in the church got this revelation. What was the revelation? We own nothing. Everything we own belongs to God. But everything God owns belongs to us. See, see, until you're ready to give up what you got, you ain't going to see what God got. Turn to your neighbor and say, he got a whole lot more than you. Until you understand that you're not an owner of anything, but you're a steward of everything. Once you get that revelation of stewardship, once you get that revelation of sowing, all of a sudden your life will change. In the book of Acts, Acts 4, the whole church got it. They realized they didn't own anything, that God owned everything except for two people. Two people didn't get it. Ananias and Sapphira. You don't want to ask me what happened to Ananias and Sapphira. It was not good. They still think they owned it. They owned it. They didn't own nothing. God owned it all. He bought you with the blood. Amen. He didn't buy you just you. He got you, your car, your bank account, and everything else you owned. It was a package deal. He owns it now. Amen. Now, when you become a sower for God, he will always flow through you because you've become a distribution system for God. The Bible says, what happened to that early church when they all got the revelation that they were owners of nothing but sowers of whatever God told them? The Bible says, "Uh uh-huh, there was not one lacking among them. And the Bible says, 3,000 were added. You want 3,000? I don't even want 3,000 to come into this church. You got to get this revelation. Once you get it, you won't have to recruit them. They'll break down the doors to get in here. 
They'll say, what kind of a church you got here that nobody is lacking nothing? What a revelation. And don't ever go to scriptures belonging to souls if you haven't been accused of being one lately. Come with me to 2 Corinthians 9.10. 2 Corinthians 9.10. 2 Corinthians 9.10. God, what does he do? He provides. What does he provide? Seed to who? Hmm. So God's not in the car business. <laughs> Don't ask him for cars. When you get to heaven, there's no car lots in heaven. Come on now. No furniture stores. Uh-uh, no houses. What business is he in? Everybody shout seed. He in the seed business. Amen? God gives what? Seed. Uh-huh. Now watch this. Every time you pray, God's answer to your prayer is yes and amen. But you've got to understand God's system. Everybody say God's system. What does he give you when you pray? When you're praying for... Uh, sister, come up here for a few minutes. Come stand next to me. All right. Let's assume that you're praying for a better car. Okay, are you praying for a better car? I am. Come on. So she's praying for a better car. And she says, God, 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 give me a better car. Give me a better car. God says, it's right there. What? That ain't no car. Ain't got no wheels. That ain't, that's just a bit of money. That money can't even buy me the car. See, you didn't understand God's delivery system. When she prayed for a car, God ain't got no car. But he'll give her a car seed. If she ate the seed, she just ate her car. Turn to your neighbor and say, stop eating your car. Give me a house. Give me a house. Give me a better house, Lord. I need a nicer house. God says, there's your house. That ain't no house. It's just a bit of money. That money can't even buy me the house. You don't get it. And whatever you pray for, God's going to give you the right seed. And you can carry that seed for your house. And, and, and here's the funny thing. You can carry that seed in your purse. You can carry it in your wallet. You can carry it in your bank account. And that seed will never produce the house because you didn't plant it. And in the mind of God, watch this. The day he gave you the seed, in his mind, he gave you the house. So the second time you say, God, give me a house. God's going, what are you talking about? I already gave you the seed. The fact that you didn't sow it, not my problem. Your problem. You want to harvest on a seed you didn't sow. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Can't work that way. Are you getting a hold of this? Thank you, sir. Everything I need, God will give me the right. And now, here comes the big thing. The big thing. You've been in Sunday mornings. I'll be, this is the way it is all over the world, so don't take this personal. In Sunday mornings, every time they take the offering, the tithes and the offerings, guess what happens? We plant tomato seed, get mad at God because corn don't come. Turn to your neighbor and say, corn ain't coming. coming. Why is corn not coming? Because you planted the wrong seed. Mm, Who knows what is the right seed? The Holy Spirit. Why was he sent? To guide you. To guide me what? To sow the right seed for the right heart. Are you getting a hold of this? And we don't pray. We don't obey. We tip him like he's our waiter. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's not your waiter. You don't tip God. 
First of all, God don't need anything you got. Let me just tell you this. No church on planet earth takes the tithes and the offerings, puts them in a FedEx envelope and sends them to God. No, it is used for his work down here. Are you getting a hold of this? But he can never give you the right harvest if you keep planting the wrong How do I know what is the right seed, Brother Nasser? Pray and obey. I was in a big conference, and uh, uh, I go to the Brother Copeland's Ministers Conference every year, and so I see these ministers. This ministry was doing well. This church was doing well. That ministry was doing well. All growing and doing great, and I'm struggling, Pastor. I'm going, why? Why, God, did you forget about me? You ever thought about that sometimes? God, did you forget about me? And the Lord said, listen to their testimonies. And I started listening. One preacher said, God told me to sow this, and he blessed me with a car. Another preacher said, God told me to sow this, blessed me with a building. Another preacher said, God told me to sow this, blessed me with a house. And all of a sudden, it dawned on me. At offering time, I'm throwing money in a bucket. These guys are praying and sowing the seed that God tells them. And then I heard these words so clear. God says, I'm not obligated to give you a harvest on what you put in a bucket. I'm obligated to give you a harvest on the seed I directed. And then he said, I don't watch over your word. I watch over mine. And you didn't ask me at offering time what was my word. And that's why I'm not obligated to give you nothing. And that's why for 2,000 years we've been putting money every Sunday in offerings and still sick and still broke. Are you getting a hold of this? But if we will pray and obey and sow the seed that he tells you, then he's obligated to give you a harvest. Amen? God don't give harvest. He give you the right seed. Amen? What happens with that seed? John 12, 24. We're almost through. John 12, 24. John 12, 24. Uh, 12, 24. Four is good, but we're going to John 12, 24. John, Jesus is speaking again in John 12, 24. Here's what he says. John 12, 24. Just find it in your Bible. We can get it up on the screen. John 12, 24. Here we go. John 12, 24. Is it coming? Is it coming? Tell me if it's up there. All right. We'll just find it in our Bible. Have you found it? If you have, say amen. Jesus said these words in John 12, 24. Verily I say unto you, I accept a grain of wheat. Watch this. Fall into the earth and die. It remains by itself alone. But if it die, if what dies? The seed. If the seed hits the ground, what's going to happen? It bears the fruit. God's not your delivery boy. He don't bring your car. He don't bring your house. The seed does. Seed brings its harvest when it's sown. Not God. But it's got to hit the earth. Because the earth is what brings you your harvest. Amen? Through the seed. So, my brothers and sisters, where was the apple seed all these years? Uh, where was the apple tree? Hidden in a seed. Where was the orange tree? Hidden in a seed. Where is the next car you're believing God for right now? Hidden in a seed. The house you want God to give you? Hidden in a Everything you need is hidden in a Don't cry to God for your need. Cry to God for your seed. But then you better pray and what? Oh, you guys are getting this. If you're going to be in God's kingdom, do it the kingdom way. Amen? Seed brings forth its purpose and destiny only if it's sown. Seed brings forth its harvest. Inside the seed is a DNA 
to produce your harvest. Amen? It was always there. Don't cry to God for your need. Cry to God for your seed. Amen. And Jesus put it this way, Luke 6.38. Luke 6.38, this is what Jesus said. Give, and what happens when I give? It comes back. How does it come back? Good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together. Running over. Now watch, watch, watch. Can you put this scripture, brother, in the, the King James? See if you can put it in the King James. I want you to see this. This is, uh, I, I like it in the King James because it, it shows you one word that is not in the other translations that you need to see. Look up at the screen. What happens when I give? It should be given to you. How does it given to me? Good measure. What? Pressed down. Uh -huh. Shaken together. And what? Running over. Shall. Yeah. Shall. Yeah. Shall. Yeah. Thought God. Can I make it plain? Turn to your neighbor and say, I wish he'd make it plain. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, somebody driving your car. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, somebody living in your house. Why are they driving your car? Why are they living in your house? You haven't yet planted the right. Mm. FedEx and UPS doesn't pick up from heaven. Everything you need for fulfilling God's plan is sitting on the earth right now in the hands of men. And when you pray and obey, God speaks to men to walk into your life and pour into your bosom the harvest of the seed. Are you getting a hold of this? It's always been here. But in the middle of this teaching, Jesus gives a warning. Everybody shout warning. For with the measure you give, look out. It's going to get measured back to you. That's why you've got to ask God every time, what is the right measure of seed so I can get the right measure of harvest? I'll make it plain. We were very successful, and then we lost it all. We made some mistakes. Anybody ever made any mistakes before? Lift up your hand nice and high, or I'm going to cast the lying spirit out of you. <laughs> My brothers and sisters, uh, we were going to Bible school. You know what? It's how tough it is when you got your wife, uh, two of you going to Bible school, you got three kids at home, not working. Mo we were broke. Money was tight. I mean, really tight. And one day, I was in a prayer and healing school, and this man, at the end of the service, I was an usher there. I was standing by the door, and this man gives me a $100 bill. When you ain't got no money, $100 is a whole lot of money. Man, I felt loaded. I put that $100 bill in my pocket. I'm going, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Already making plans for that $100. That night I was in a service just like this, and they were, had a guest speaker. They were taking an offering for the guest speaker. We'll do that in just a minute. And I said, Lord, uh, wh wh what should I sow? Mm. And I heard him say, you see that man sitting over there? Give him the $100. I said, no, 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 no. <laughs> No, 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 no. I got plans. $10 tithe, $10 offering, $80 going to go a long way. God says, no, give him the $100. I said, okay, okay, Lord, how about this? 50 for him, 50 for me. You ever tried to negotiate with God? God said, you could negotiate all day, but you'll never eat the good of the land. I said, why won't I eat the good of the land? He says, to eat the good of the land, you got to be willing and obedient. I said, uh-oh. Walked over to this young man, put the $100 bill in his hand. I said, God loves you. As I look back, he was crying. See, if God cannot use you to bless someone else, why would he use men to bless you? Mm. Come on now. He said, you are one of those men. Who are you blessing? 
so I can make sure men are blessing you. Amen. I said, oh, I got it. I got it. I got it. Well, uh, that night I was cleaning up the sanctuary. A lady walks up to me and says, everywhere I go, you're serving, serving. Here's a, a, a thank you card. I went home that night. My wife was waiting for me in the kitchen. I said, honey, guess what? A total stranger gave me a hundred dollar bill. She said, great. Where is it? <laughs> I don't have it, honey. Why? God told me to give it away. She said, was it really God? I said, it was God, all right. He wouldn't get off my case. She said, oh, okay, at least you obeyed God. I gave her this thank you card. She opened up the card, and inside the card was a check for $360. Somebody shout next. Because I had sowed, I had obeyed God. God, even though that $100 was so much to me at that point, God used someone else to pour $360 in my life. Amen? I said, Lord, why would I get a harvest of hundreds? He said, you set the measure of your harvest. By the measure of your seed. I said, I got it. We were about to graduate Bible school. I needed money to start this ministry. And we're in a meeting. Uh, they, took a, they were about to take an offering. I said, Lord, what should I sow? And the Lord said, what harvest do you want? I said, I, I need thousands of dollars to start this ministry. He said, okay, good. We're about to graduate Bible school. Uh, I want you to sow a thousand. I said, whoa, that's all I got. God said, that's all I want. <laughs> I'm not trying to take it from you, son. I'm trying to set a measure to get to you. I said, oh. I turned to my wife. I figured this is the way I get out of this. I said, honey, what did God say we should sow? She said, a thousand. How many of you know there's only one Holy Spirit? Come on. There's not three Holy Spirits running around. Amen. <laughs> we obeyed God, planted that thousand dollar seed. Ninety-seven days later, on the night of graduation, somebody walked up to me, gave me a check of $16,500 to start this ministry. Somebody shout next. Yes. Why'd I get a harvest in thousands? I had sowed in. Sounds like the measure you give. We were in debt in our building. I wanted to get out of debt. Anybody in the room want to get out of debt? Wave to me if you want to get out of debt. I said, I want to get out of debt. I don't want to make interest payments no more. I want to be totally, completely debt-free. He said, okay, I want you to plant a seed. We sowed in the measure we wanted to get back from God. 28 days later, our building was totally, completely debt-free. Somebody shout next. But you got to sow in the measure. You want God to bless you. Amen. All right, there are four steps to your harvest. If you write these four steps down and follow these four steps, you will always, always see your harvest. Put up on the screen Galatians 6, 6, please. Galatians 6, 6, four steps to your harvest. You'll always see your harvest if you follow these four steps. Galatians 6, 6, look up at the screen now. Mm -hmm. The Bible says, let him who receives instruction... In the word of God, share all good things with the one who teaches him. Now, everybody look up here. How many of you can say you were blessed by the word of God this morning? Wave to me if you were blessed. Everybody that was blessed by the word of God, as fast as you can, pass out those envelopes. Don't do it one at a time. We'll be here all day. Just give a few to the first person. Take one and pass them down the line. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Everybody grab an envelope. If you got blessed today, you grab an envelope. Those of you watching me uh, uh, on uh, Facebook, they're watching me on Facebook. Okay, those of you watching me on Facebook, you can go to my website, wisdomministries.org. And if you got blessed right now, you can also plant your seed. We are going to uh, 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 pray over your seed as well. Everybody should have an envelope. If you did not get an envelope, 
Lady in the front row. All right. If you did not get an envelope, lift up your hand nice and high. All right. Everybody's got one. Here's the four steps. Step number one. Everybody say step number one. I want you to write on the flap of the envelope. Write on the flap. Flap. This is the flap. Write on the flap of the envelope. What do you want God to do for you this year? If you need a pen, do we have, still have some pens over there, brother? My, my, my usher friend is going to pass out pens. If you need a pen, lift up your hand nice and high. If you write nothing on the flap, you will get absolutely nothing. Because faith is specific. You need a pen, lift up your hand, we'll get you a pen. Take it. There's a gentleman right over here. Uh, he needs a pen. Amen. We'll give him a pen. Anybody else need a pen? The gentleman. An envelope. We need an envelope. Do you need a pen as well? Yeah. A pen and an envelope for the gentleman back there. Envelope for this gentleman right over here. Do we need an envelope? Give this brother an envelope. All right. Everybody should have a pen and an envelope. I want you to write on there. And uh, uh, young lady, this is a good time to put car. But if you're going to put car, you better be specific. You better write down what kind of car and how much it costs. If you want a house, you better write down how much it costs. If you want to get out of debt, I want you to write down your credit card debt, your, your car payment debt, your mortgage payment debt. Write it down. God will allow you to pick the harvest on one condition. You will allow him to pick the seed. Take a few minutes. Write it down. You want your business to grow? How much you want it to grow? Write it down. You want a job? How much you want to make? You want a promotion? Write it down. What do you want the Lord to do for you? Be specific. Be detailed. Because only when you're specific and detailed will God... Faith is specific. It is detailed. You've got to pick what you want God to do for you, but then you've got to allow Him to pick the seed. What if God tells me to give a seed I don't have? He won't. But he may give you a seed that you're not planning to give. The key is to obey him. If you want God to get involved in your harvest, you must learn to obey the word and obey the voice. Otherwise, you'll be in the kingdom sick and broke. You, should I be sowing? If you got blessed, that is automatic. You don't have to ask God what's already in the scriptures. If you got blessed watching me on Facebook, you don't have to ask God if you should sow. That's already in the scriptures. You know how serious this is? Let me tell you how serious this is. Galatians 6, 6 says, Let him who receives instruction in the word of God share all good things with the one who teaches him. Look at what Galatians 6, 7 says. Don't you be deceived. God is not mocked. Galatians 6, 7. Put that up on the screen. Galatians 6, 7. Whatsoever a man soweth, that, I love this, and that only shall he reap. Amen. So if you got blessed, you can't eat at Wendy's or pay at McDonald's. It doesn't work that way. You sow where you're fed the word. That's where the anointing is that caused you to grow, and that's where the anointing is that's going to cause your seed to grow. So take a few minutes, write down what do you want God to do for you. And once you've done that, if you want our magazine, our magazine is free. Everybody shout, free. free. Put a name and address where you want it mailed, and we'll be happy to send it to you. It's printed in Minnesota, and then they're sent out. 12,000 have given their lives to Christ because of that. Take a few minutes.
Write down what you want God to do for you. Don't put any checks in the mail. Don't write any checks. Don't put any money in the envelope. Don't write any credit card information. Wait till we pray. I have no idea what you wrote. That's not my business. Only you and God knows. And I have no idea what you should sow. Only you and God knows that. So in a few minutes, we're going to pray. We're going to listen to the Holy Spirit. The days of throwing money in buckets is over. We got to pray and obey. Then God will be involved in the seed because he will pick the seed we should sow. And because he's involved in the seed, he will be involved in bringing you the harvest because he only watches over his word. Amen. Take a few minutes, write your name and address if you want the magazine. And of course, write down what you want God to do for you. Now, everybody, stop writing for a minute. Everybody look up here. How many of you are really blessed with the teaching this morning? Wave to me. How many of you think this teaching on kingdom needs to go all over the world? All right, all right. Everybody say this after me. He needs help. He needs help. Our TV program is being broadcast. Keep looking at me. Our TV program is being broadcast into Afghanistan, Iran, Iraq, Saudi Arabia, Libya, Egypt, all through Turkey, all through Pakistan, in all the languages, in Turkish language, in, in Arabic language, in Farsi language, in the language in Pakistan. And 1.2 million Muslims have given their lives to Christ. Now listen, I can't go there. They will kill me if I go there. So what we have to do is we have to take this teaching. We have to translate it to all these languages. We have to put it on the website so people can go on the Internet. They can download this teaching without me having to go over there. They can get the revelation. They can start underground churches. And then, you know, guess what? We can get Jesus to come soon. ISIS will, you know, we, we, don't, we don't want ISIS to come to Virginia. Can I hear an amen? amen? So you can't go over there and get them saved, but you can help me. I'm going over there. I'm getting them saved. I'm teaching them the word. So there's underground churches being started. We get the Muslims all saved. Then Jesus can come. Amen? That's our missions project. But to be able to do all this, we're doing it together with TBN. To be able to do this, we need to raise $1 million. Everybody shout, $1 million. I said, Lord, how are we going to do this? He said, never ask pastors. If you talk to the pastors, they'll tell you, I never ask for money to come here. I said, no, I just come teach the word of God. Amen. But he says, everywhere you teach the word, let people pray. Everybody say, pray. Pray. He said, I'm going to speak to a thousand people to sow a thousand dollars or more. Everybody shout, or more. In a few minutes, you listen to your heart. And if the Holy Spirit tells you to help us reach the Muslim nations to sow a thousand or more, five things are going to happen in your life. Number one, you get a harvest of tens of thousands because you set the measure of your harvest. How? By the measure of your seed. Number two, you touch 250 million people through our ministry. Number three, you share in every Muslim that gives his life to Christ. Number four, we are going to put into your hand 10 CD albums that are out on the table, 60 CDs for free, because the greatest gift I can give you is the teaching of God's Word. How many of you know one word of God can change your life forever? One word. We want to put 60 CDs into your hand to bless you for free because you're helping us get the Word out around the world. Amen? And then we also want to enroll you in our university and pay for your first course because we know you love the Word of God. Amen? Now, everybody close your eyes. Listen to your heart. Actually, everybody open your eyes. Put your hand right here. Put your hand right there. That's your heart. That's your spirit. Close your eyes and focus your attention where your hand is. And listen now. I thank you, Lord. We've heard the word today. The Bible says if we've been blessed with the teaching of your word, then we should be a doer. You're not interested in how many scriptures we can quote. You just want to know how many we live. 
Well, the scripture says if we've been blessed, it's right to give. So we're not asking you if we should give, Lord. That's already in the scriptures. What we are asking you is what should we give? Only you, sir, only you, Holy Spirit, sir, know what everyone's written on the envelope, what they want to see manifest in their lives. This year, you've allowed them to pick the harvest. But, Lord, I know that the only way that harvest will ever come into their lives if they will let you pick the seed. So, Holy Spirit, sir, I'm asking you, would you speak to every person at the sound of my voice? What is the right measure of seed to bring this measure of harvest? If we sow the wrong measure now, we're going to miss it. Speak to us now. That's, that figure will go from your spirit man to your head as a thought. Be careful, be careful that when that figure gets to your head, the devil doesn't trick you with another figure, usually a little figure to make you miss your harvest. If you end up with two figures in your head, usually the bigger figure is God. He can't take you higher in harvest till you go higher in seed. Never see a harvest you've never seen before till you sow a seed you've never sown before. Only an uncommon seed ever brings an uncommon harvest. You say, Brother Nassau, I'm not even getting a figure. What should I do? You stand on Luke 6.38. You always, always, always sow in the measure you want your Father to bless you. I want him to bless me in hundreds, then sow in hundreds. I want him to bless me in thousands, then so in thousands. I want him to bless me in millions. God's no respecter of persons. He was, but you have to sow in tens of thousands. Sow always in the measure you want your father to bless you. Is our ministry good ground? You be the judge. Hundreds of thousands are saved, healed, delivered, and set free. We only teach the uncompromised word of God. That's why I can release my faith with yours. This day for the 30, the 60, and if your faith is ready, the hundredfold return on your seed. Everybody open your eyes. Write your checks to Wisdom Ministries. It doesn't go to my wife and I. We're on salary with the ministry. Take a few minutes. You can do it with check, cash, credit card, debit card. Write the information right on the card, on the envelope itself. And uh, uh, you set it up the way you want it. Get your seed ready. I'm going to pray. I'm going to release my faith. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) we're going to pray and come into agreement about what harvest you need. Amen. Get your seed ready. Husbands and wives, get your seed ready. We're going to pray. We've got a bucket over there. Hallelujah. Please stay in your seats. Please. We're going to pray. We're going to come into agreement. There are four steps to your harvest. Step number one, right on the envelope. You did that. Step number two, pray. Everybody shout, pray. Step number three, everybody shout, obey. Obey. And then step number four. You get this ready, and then I'm going to tell you step number four. Without the four steps, you're not going to see it. So step number four. Step number four. Take a few minutes. Take a few minutes. We're going to pray. We're going to come into agreement. Get your seed ready. If you're one of those that God is using to help us reach the Muslim nations to sow a thousand or more, please be so kind as to see me at the table. 
I want to sow 10 CD albums into your life. I want to bless you and pray for you. So please come see me at the table afterwards. We're going to bless you with the Word of God. There's nothing in your life that the Word of God cannot change. Nothing at all. Be a doer of the Word. Get your seed ready because we're going to pray. We're going to come into agreement. The Bible says we're to agree touching. It's done by our Father in heaven. I'm going to pray over your seed. And you see what God's about to do. Number one, write on the envelope what you want God to do for you. Number two, pray. Number three, obey. Obey God. Get your seed ready. Number four, the moment you release your seed, the moment you release your seed the moment you release your seed you have to release your faith everybody look at me seed that travels alone doesn't grow what causes seed to grow to go to 30, 60 and 100 you must attach to your seed faith faith is the nutrient that causes your seed to grow. How do you attach faith to your seed? You must believe what? That you receive when you pray. Everybody say, I receive. When the bucket, when you plant the seed into the bucket, you have to say two words, I receive. That's the release of faith over your seed that's going to cause it to grow. I'll teach you more on this tonight. And that causes that seed to come back as a harvest in your life. Amen. The moment that you got your seed ready, would you stand to your feet? Uh, the way we do it here in this church is you come forth, plant your seed. Everybody say, sow. Don't throw. Sow it. And when you sow it, say, I receive. Come forward. Say, I receive. While you're doing that, let me tell you about our books. If you enjoyed the teaching, everybody shout, it's in the book. The teaching is in the book. This is the book that I'm teaching from, Kingdom Principles of Financial Increase. This book is available. It's not $12.95. It's $10 during this conference. I encourage you to go get this book. I'll be happy to sign it for you. Amen? Get a hold of this book. It's $10. Our latest book, How to Prosper in Any Recession, is also $10. Get a hold of that. If you had the university flyer, please fill out that little white slip. Without this slip, we cannot get you information on the university. So please take a minute. Fill it out. Drop it off from the university flyer over at our table. Amen. Please do that so that we can bless you. If you put your name on an address, we'll send you our magazine. It's free. And, of course, when you get the books or the CDs, the devotional is absolutely free. Amen? We want to bless you with that. And then uh, we have uh, some CDs I want to talk to you about. Um, if you enjoyed the teaching, get a hold of this. Opening the doors of the kingdom. Amen? How do I release the kingdom? Authority of prayer. Find your position in prayer. How to know the voice of God. Get a hold of this. And then, of course, moving the hand of God. Turn your car into a Bible school. Amen. 
in my house, we listen to the Word all night. So we have more faith in the morning than we had the night before. We're growing all the time listening to the Word of God. Amen? So invest in yourself. Turn your house and your car into a Bible school. Start studying the Word of God. Amen? Uh, if we're still waiting for your offering, we're still waiting for one right here. We're going to pray over it. We're going to come into agreement. While we're doing that, everybody shout, Tonight, Tonight. 6 o'clock. That's going to be part two, second wheel. And we're going to learn about the kingdom. Amen. And then at the end, we're going to pray for the sick. So bring the lame, the blind, the sick, the deaf. Bring them all tonight. What did I say? I said bring them. Everybody shout, bring. bring. Don't invite. Bring. I've invited people before. They never showed up. Stick them in your car. Get them over here. Amen. Let's get them healed. Amen. Let's get them blessed. And we're going to release gifts and anointings to everybody tonight. Turn to your neighbor and say, Neighbor. Don't you miss your gift tonight. Now everybody stand to your feet. Stretch out your hands towards the sea. Close your eyes. Come into agreement. Listen to the prayer that's spoken over your seat. I thank you, Lord. We've heard the word today. The Bible says that we should be doers of the word and not hearers only. So the moment we hear the word, we know it's right to give. If we got blessed with the word, we give. But now we give, Lord, exactly as you told us to give. The Bible says, as we give, it shall be given back, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men pour into our bosom. Ministering angels influence men to pour into the bosom of every sower at the sound of my voice. And everybody sowing from the internet, from Facebook, to our website, wisdomministries.org. Everybody sowing offerings that. The same prayer over their offering is the one over this one. That as they give, it comes back, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Shall men pour into their bosom. Now, ministering angels, you influence men to pour into the bosom of every sower at the sound of my voice. Bring forth the harvest of this seed now in the name of Jesus. I release my faith with those present because the Bible says we're two agree touching. Lord, I'm touching the baskets. That the same anointing that gave revelation bring increase to every seed that is sown. Today, Lord, we are children of faith, which means we actually believe that we receive when we pray and we're going to seal this harvest with a shout of thanksgiving. Lift up both your hands and shout like you got it. Thank you, Lord, for the harvest. Thank you, Lord, for the harvest. Thank you, Lord, for the harvest. I give you glory. I give you honor. I give you praise in the mighty, matchless name of Jesus. If you agree with that prayer, shout amen. Amen. Now listen. I'm going to turn.